Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. for Batter Up, the definitive Atlanta Braves podcast with host Joe Patrick and Caleb Johnson, giving you exclusive insight into our Braves from Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Here's Joe and Caleb. Welcome into <laughs> Batter Up. Have you ever seen Wayne's World? Always. Uh, I have. It's been a long time. Five, what? four, three, thing they do anyway there we go well always good to start off a uh a show with some technical difficulties no actually a behind the scenes thing that i can let the folks know who are going to eventually listen to this in podcast form is i was trying to pull up my uh, adobe audition uh so that i could get a better version of my audio from this Mm. and did a little too last minute there and got uh Got classic Joe Patrick over there giving me the finger guns um, <laughs> as we get started on a successful Monday, Joe Patrick, uh, as we come on July 26th. Brace Love of- the seven inning games. Love the yeah. seven inning games when you win them. But uh, as as we now know from Commissioner Rob Manfred, this is not something that is expected to stick around. Uh, as, as Manfred has said that the seven innings games are not a part of Major League Baseball's future, because of course they love to ruin things. Uh, but, you know, two and a half hour game, Braves get the win against the Mets as they'll finish out their doubleheader. Uh, what, the the first pitch is set for like 8-10 tonight? Yeah, I something like that. Yeah, they should have like, I think 40 minutes between the games or something like that. They'll probably just that try to start right. it. Yeah. But got to give a hand to our, our boy Kyle Muller here. Right. What a what a start he's had to his career here. You know, not just tonight, but the all these starts that he's had since he's come up have been tremendous. But you know, what a what a lift he's been. Yeah. So Kyle Muller tonight, like we say, goes five innings, only five innings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, really, uh, really probably could have gone a, another or just finished out the game. Who knows? Double header. Why not just use a couple bullpen arms for the hell? Yeah, we the don't. Heck of it. We don't it's need, fun. 
Just fun Braves don't need those. Braves don't need there. bullpen arms. Yeah, no. Uh, so, yeah. So, Kyle goes, goes five innings, uh, does not give up a run, obviously, uh, and strikes out only three, but looked really solid after those first two batters that he just, like, could not throw a strike mm-hmm. um, and, and really gets things going. Uh, there's something that the, the Braves broadcast talked about in this game. It's something that I feel like I probably overemphasize when it comes to young starting pitchers for this Atlanta team. There's just something about something so um, exciting about having a young starting pitcher who's confident when he comes up to the mound. We saw this with Ian Anderson. Look, Ian Anderson has not been perfect. He's had plenty of issues, but when he goes out for his starts, He's confident when he gets up there and it just makes you as a, as a fan, as someone who's watching the game, it makes you feel better. And and honestly, you're, you're probably more likely to um, inflate the good qualities of whatever he's doing just because it's like, well, he, he looks like he's doing the right thing Mm -hmm. rather than we, we tend to, you know, there's been a couple of young guys to come up who, when they, (laughs) when they step on that rubber, it is just, a very afraid, scared face. Uh, so it's it's nice to not only have Kyle look confident, but pitch confidently and get the Braves a win at a point that I honestly, I had started to, not started to, I had given up on this team. I don't know how you feel about it, sure. Joe, but it just seems like not headed in the right direction when you can't win a series coming uh, out of the All-Star break. When the Acuna injury happened, I really thought that, that was, the beginning of I don't know the beginning of the end maybe like the the end of the beginning I don't I don't know it was, it was something it, it didn't seem like it was going to go well from there but you got to give the team credit for the way that they've continued to play and and you know scrap out some of these wins and you know they, they probably should have more wins honestly their record should be better um than it is since that injury they had a couple blown saves against uh, or you know bullpen or blew some leads against uh who was the Rays in that series right after the all-star break they could have won those games should have swept that series really um, so it's it really impressive what they've done. And just to add to your point, what you were talking about with Kyle Muller, the confidence is great to see. I totally agree with you. There's also something else that he has, which is like a, a know-how or just like a way that he's able to come up to this level and able to grind it, grind it out when it's not even going great for him. He talked about that in his last start. He only went four innings, but he only get, you know, he had, and he had three walks. We only gave up one run. And he, you know, he said after that game, he was like, you know what? it's nice to know that I was able to still give the team a chance to win, even though I only went four innings, you know, I, it's not like I blew it out there on a day when I didn't have my best stuff or honestly, he said, well, when I was bad, he's like, it was, it was great to know that I gave this team a chance to win still, even when my, I was not good at all. So um, love hearing that from a guy. And then to come back after that, to come back, uh, you know, tonight and put up the start that he did. So impressive. Um, Really kind of a mature kid you know we we say they're kids but they they really are kind of mature and you know ian anderson's the same way i mean he's what 23 or something and he does not (laughs) look it or sound it or pitch like you know he just will he's a much more mature player than that so really really impressive and hopefully ian can come back and uh contribute to the season um once he recovers from his injury but Good, good sign so far. Obviously, these games are ones that the Braves have to win. I mean, we're going to talk about it here in a little bit, but they got to they got to win four of these games, four of these five games against the Mets. They got to win them. So um, that's the way that's the way to start it. And, you know, the Mets have a bullpen game coming up here in, in game two. So, 
you got a chance, but obviously you need to get something out of Bryce Wilson tonight. Well, before we go to the future, let's kind of revisit where we were since we recorded last. We were on last Monday uh, when the game against the Padres was postponed. Very strange series in that you get a postponed game on Monday. So that one is going to be a part of a doubleheader on Wednesday. Tuesday, a game that I was going to was one that really up until like right before game time, I did not think that game was going to get played. Yeah. Or if it was, I was thinking this is going to get heavily, heavily postponed. Uh, yet they're able to play that. And that was the start of what we've seen as a very, very successful Tuki Toussaint who, uh, Joe, I, wa- I want to get your thoughts on Tuki. Mine are, <laughs> did not expect this at all yeah. was like Mike when you talk about expectations on the floor from what we've seen out of him it was one of those he seemed like he was heading in the trajectory of a of a Kyle Wright of a Sean Newcomb of a really really you know highly touted prospect that once we saw him out on the field it was like ah just really doesn't seem to have it doesn't doesn't seem to have that confidence doesn't seem to have that ability to throw strikes and yet seeing Tuki last Tuesday was like the start of, whoa, uh, do we have, do we have something here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that was great to see. And I- I'm with you. I was, I was kind of skeptical as to like how his career is going to turn out. And, you know, obviously there's still questions. It's been two starts since he's come back, sure. but really, you know, he, he was good in, in his couple of rehab starts as well. And, um, it's just so impressive. He's way more efficient than he's been in the past, you know, and that is down to throwing more strikes. And it's really incredible just to see the stuff and the fact that if he just throws it for strikes, he can get out pretty much any hitter in this league, which uh, has to be a huge confidence booster for him to see himself throw those strikes and get those guys out. Because I, I, I imagine that's got to be the mental block that you have as a pitcher is you're trying to be fine around the edges because you don't have full confidence that your stuff is that good. But I mean, his was, I mean, it was, it was way, we knew it was good stuff. Like we've seen it in, at times in spring training, we've seen it at times when he's been up in the major leagues. He had a, he had a, a one really really good start for the Braves last year in the pandemic season. Um, but to see him come out and do what he did, I mean that was as good a stuff as I've ever seen. And for a guy who relies on spinning the ball so much as he does, because he's got that devastating curveball, um, you know, again with the sticky stuff, yeah. you never know how that's going to affect anybody. So you kind of have to come in with a new slate with all these pitchers who are adjusting to it. And his stuff looked as dominant as I've ever seen it, honestly. These last two starts have been incredible from Tuki Toussaint. And so it's interesting. It, it presents an interesting situation for the Braves here because there's been so much talk about in, you know, about what the, tr- the Braves are going to do at the trade deadline. Are they going to trade prospects to add a bat? Um, are they going to trade away pieces? But if you are going to trade away prospects to add, Tuki probably would have been kind of in that group of players that you would maybe think you would be willing to part with, along with, Kyle Wright, you know, uh, any number of these kind of young starting pitchers, Bryce Wilson, any of these guys, I'm sure are, these are trade chips. And if you're going to bring in somebody that's good, you have to give away value. So you have to be okay with um, trading away some of these guys. And so I wonder if these last two starts that he's made have kind of made the Braves go like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, (laughs) He's going to be sticking around for a little bit (laughs) because if he keeps on pitching like this, I mean, that totally changes the, the dynamic of this Braves pitching staff, not just this year, but especially I'm thinking going into next season when you get potentially Mike Soroka back on top of Max Reed 
Ian Anderson, him, Kyle Muller, maybe, or somebody, you know, who, whoever it might be, you're probably going to use more than five pitchers. Of course you are during the course of the season. But um, I wonder if that has changed any minds with what he's done lately. Cause it's been just incredible to watch. Well, I have to think it, it makes Alex Anthopoulos's job much, much more difficult because I feel like at least in my eyes, when I saw Tukey getting the start last week, it was one of those, okay, we know where this is headed, you know, got to get the guy out in front of people because like, Shop like window. Yeah. yeah, like you had said about, I had heard uh, rumblings. I had, you know, I'd heard uh, with Gwinnett. I have not been paying attention to what has been going down in Gwinnett, but I had heard about Tukey. I'd heard about Drew Waters and kind of thinking to myself, Oh, okay. These are a couple of guys we might be seeing pretty soon as we get close to the trade deadline as a, uh, you know, Hey, look over here. Look what we've got, <laughs> you know, come <laughs> get these guys. But you know, I, I mean, you get like a, a decent performance out of a guy like that. And you're like, okay, this is some trade bait kind of deal. You get a guy who almost what it was like uh, six and two thirds and then seven innings and in his next start. Like he's, he's not just performing well, like he's going long into games, saving bullpens. And that has to make me think that Brian stickers over there at Alex Anthopoulos's door, like, you know, Hey, uh, we got mm-hmm. a guy that can go seven right now. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. We're not, we're not trading that away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which, which is, I mean, it's just, honestly, it is, it is mind blowing from where I feel like we were with Tuki a year ago, heading into this season, even where he's headed, you know, he goes to the disabled list right before the season starts. And we're kind of like, what's going on with that? Uh, oh, all right, here we go again. All right. You know, not going to get any, anything out of this. Uh, and so it's, it's exciting, like like to have uh, to have Tukey doing what he's doing, to have Kyle today doing what he's doing, even with there is like so much chaos around the rest of the staff as far as injuries go. That it's uh, it's it's nice to get this right now. It's something else that's encouraging to me about Tukey, and maybe this is just like in two inside baseball or whatever. But um, I remember thinking last year when he had one of these this good start that I just recalled earlier. Um, he, I, I vividly remember after the game, reporters asking questions about, you know, where did this come from? How, you know, what, what were you doing? Did you feel good when you came in? You know, like, wh- how did you do this? And he was just kind of like, I don't, I just, I threw the ball good today, you know, and it was just kind of, <laughs> it was kind of like, okay, like, that's fine, whatever. Um, but I really noticed it when he came back and he's been speaking to reporters since after these last two starts, especially, and he's been talking more, much more specifically about like, you know, changes that he's made to his delivery. Um, He talks about being more linear, which I think is interesting. Instead of being, he talked about before he was like rotational. So he felt like he was spinning to try to generate that power. But by being that rotational, it was, uh, he was having a lot of variance in the, the velocity of his pitches as to where now he's trying to drive more right towards the plate. And um, it's generating a lot more consistency for him. And I, I mean, clearly it's generating just better stuff, as good a stuff as we've seen from him in all of his pitches, not just his fastball, but his curveball seems to be as effective as it's ever been. So um, maybe that's like the, that magic thing that has to happen for a player in his career where you like lock, you, you, you kind of find something that works for you. And all of a sudden it, it kind of makes all your talent kind of snap into place and makes you effective. So I'm just very excited about Tukey. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and I love when a guy explains little things like that. Yeah. Like if there's ever, uh, and trust me, like I have nothing against Max Reed. 
But when he gets in front of a microphone and people ask him questions, it tends to go very short because it's like, well, what'd you think about that? Yeah, yeah, wasn't my best <laughs> stuff. Or, yeah, like he's very soft-spoken, mm-hmm. very direct answers. Uh, if you try to get too nuanced with him, probably will get frustrated at you and will give you a, uh, will kind of cut it off and give you a very short answer. So hearing, uh, hearing Tukey kind of, go deep into it's it's a reason why I love Charlie Morton because every time he talks he's going to talk for 30 minutes but he'll give you some really good content along the way of of explaining like what is going on in his mind of of how he's changing things and it seems like if that is a change if he's going more linear if that is like it's helping it's working uh, because he's (laughs) he's looking really good right now and at a time when once again like these are these are Tukey was getting starts that I wasn't expecting much out of him. Also, you know, when he he was helping his team win. Now, they didn't win the second one um, on Sunday, but not because of him. And so it's one of those, like, to see that is is exciting. Like, it's one of those, yeah. okay, if, we're, if, if this team isn't going anywhere, if this team isn't making any big moves at the trade deadline, which we don't know yet, uh, at least – there is something to like hang your hat on for the rest of the season versus all the, the doom and gloom that it's felt like the last few weeks or so. Um, I mean, and and the Braves have needed it, you know, it's like, they need this pitching right now. It's the thing that's been carrying them for the better part of like six weeks, you know, it's like they, they, they've, they've needed to find an identity as a team for a long time. Now it's something they've kind of been searching for all year. And, you know, they've been able to get this really, really great starting pitching here in these these last six weeks out of guys honestly that either got off to rough starts or kind of were feeling like you know I'm thinking of like guys like Drew Smiley you know these starts from Tukey Kyle Muller um, they've been able to get some of these starts Charlie Morton obviously his stuff has come around Max Reeves rounding into form you know a little bit better than he was earlier this season so that's kind of the identity of this team now it's like they're 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 riding they're starting pitching and, um, you know, it's working out pretty well for them. It, I'm still skeptical as to like how long this is, la- how, how long it can last, how sustainable it is to win games, two, nothing, one, nothing, you know, <laughs> but Hey, you, you, you got to win games any way you can. Right. And if that's the strength of your team, that's just how you're going to end up winning games. I mean, then that's the, that's the fact of the situation right now. Well, Joe, they're not just winning two to nothing games. They're also winning some 15 to three. It annoys me so very- much. Very but bizarre scenario <laughs> uh, in that 15 to three game against the Phillies, which, and the reason why I bring it up is because we're talking about your starting pitching and everything kind of coming together. And, and then this weird scenario with Drew Smiley with his knee yeah. where he leaves after four innings and thinking like, I, I had just like, I had come to a point with Drew, which thankfully it seems like everything that at least that I've heard is that this is not a, uh, some type of injury that's going to take him out some long amount of time. It was just something they wanted to nip in the bud at the time. But like, I've had to come around and eat crow and say, I was wrong <laughs> about Drew Smiley. Like I, I, I was, I, and, and it felt like, you know, towards the beginning of this season, as we were coming in, like it seemed like things were playing out exactly how I had somewhat prophesied that I had seen out of Drew Smiley is I just didn't expect him to be much of anything. And then, uh, this turnaround has been so strange, and especially to get it in a game where he leaves with an injury. But the the Braves have what five home runs in that game? Like it's it's like what what? 
Yeah. Yeah, no, it's crazy. And it, like I, I said earlier, or just a second ago, it's annoying because it's like, yeah. How, oh, yeah, the, it's like you can almost see it coming. And I think what they what they score the next game, the, the next day they have uh, one run. Yeah, they scored one. That was yeah. the, that was the Tukey start that's on right. Sunday. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah where yeah. they so, lost two to one. Right. Yeah. So um, it's like and you could see it coming. It's like, you know, when they're scoring that many runs, it's like they're not they're not going to get any the next day for whatever reason. So. It's like the classic, oh, you're wait- wasting all your runs today. But it like seriously feels like that with the Braves really when, when you see them ha- struggle so much offensively and then they just bust out these random games. They had the, what, how many did they score earlier this year? They scored, they had two 20 run games. They had a 20 run game against the Marlins. It was like record setting. Um, they've like scored, um, they've had like three 20 run plus games in the last six months or something like that. If you go back yeah, to last season, right. so pretty wild. But I mean- what are you feeling about this trade deadline coming up? Like, like what, uh, here, let me phrase it like this. Let's say the Braves do win four out of five here against the Mets. And that would cut the lead to what, like they'd probably be two games back. I think if they win four out of five, something like that. So let's say you win four out of five and you're two or three games back. You're bought, you're a buyer. Like, what are you buying? What, like, what is, what, what should be the Braves goal here in this trade deadline? Uh, honestly, I think the Braves could do something sneaky sneaky. regardless of how you know if whether they win four out of five or not like no matter what happens i think the braves will be buyers and that uh like they need an outfielder they they need another outfielder and the one that and this is not an original idea whatsoever this was uh actually i can't remember who i can credit it to uh, but I was reading earlier this week the whole deal with Byron Buxton uh, with the Minnesota Twins mm-hmm. and them not reaching uh, a contract extension, but he still got another year on his current deal. Where I was like, okay, there we go, because they're at a they're at a strange point where um, I mean, sure, we'd love for them to go get some bullpen arms to save the season, uh, but if you go get an outfielder you get to then claim you are a buyer at the deadline, no matter what happens yeah. or that you're not giving up on the season. If they don't, you know, if, if they go on to, to not win this next series or not win four out of five uh, and kind of play the fence there versus um, I mean, of course it'd be great if they went and made a big splash and um you know, traded some prospects and got some bullpen help along with getting another bat. I just don't think it's going to happen. And so that's, that's my, like the thing that I keep kind of convincing myself in my head is, okay, you go get a guy like Byron Buxton and it makes you seem like, Ooh, you did something, right. even though it's like, well, you're going to have to make a move like this at some point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whether it was now or in the off season. So you're, you're kind of two birds, one stone deal. It doesn't doing something like that. It it while it may be you know arguable about how much it actually changes the course of your season. It signals to people a certain thing, which is that you're not giving up, you know, and that you know yeah. it's going to help drive people coming to the ballpark. Of course, who knows how many people are going to come if they were to fall way out of contention. Um, but I think that that is important for this team to like feel you know to to have people continue to be engaged and to continue to come. I think it would be a disaster for them to just do a complete like sell-off if they do fall out of it for them to just like sell off pieces 
Um, I just don't think that that would be good uh, from an optics perspective, especially with everything that has kind of gone wrong this season that fans have been so crushed by, whether it's the Acuna injury or the Ozuna situation or whatever, you know, it's just like, there's been one thing after another and for them to just like then sell off Charlie Morton and like a bunch of pieces, like whoever it may be um, that, that, that would feel like a blow. So I do, I agree. I think that they're, I think that they, I still think that they could sell um, that. I think that they could sell off. I think they could sell and buy at the same time. Like, yeah. I, I think that they could do that and kind of to your point, get themselves situated for next year while also kind of not, not making it seem to fans like they're just totally tanking and, and, and like putting all the chips into next year. I think by bringing in a player, um, especially like a bat, you know, uh, I think that that's exciting for fans and it, that would, you know, help generate some interest and um, just kind of keep people interested and hopeful about this team. But I could see them, you know, Charlie Morton's going to be so valuable at this trade deadline um, because of how effective he is right now. I'm just kind of curious as to like what, would theoretically he be able to bring in for the Braves? And I also think that this Braves team could, um, you know, like what if a team wants Will Smith? Like if, if a team thinks Will Smith yeah. would be added to their bullpen, I think the Braves would probably tend to be like, okay, we'll part with that contract. You know, like that's the deal that it's not like Will Smith has been bad, but he's been, you know, clearly he's had his warts, not just this season, but last season, the home run balls really plagued him. So, um, and I think he's on 13 million a year or something like that. So, uh, I could see the Braves, you know, just being like, okay, let's, uh, that, this will be nice for us to get out of this. We can, you know, sign up some new relievers in the off season and, and fix the bullpen then. So um, yeah, it, it's certainly going to be interesting because uh, I, I the, the this Braves team is in such a gray area in terms of like buyer seller, because while things have gone wrong this season and you are on the brink of potentially falling out of it, um, you're still in this championship window, right? Like over the course of next year and the year to follow and the year to follow, you still have players that are going to make your team good enough to be a world series contender. So it's just really weird that you have this one random year where just everything, everybody's gotten hurt and everything has gone wrong. That's kind of derailed you. And honestly, it's a credit to this team that they are still in it despite everything yeah. that's happened because uh, it's, I don't think any other team, maybe not any, any other team, but, it, it requires a heck of a team to kind of keep yourself as competitive as the Braves have been at this point in the season with what's happened. Especially with, it's you know, that's one of those Braves fans will typically be a little more kind because there are guys that are, you know, it's, they're playing for the Braves. But especially with some of the names that are going out there on a daily basis playing for this team, the fact that there are only three, technically there are only three outfielders on this roster currently, if you also add in Arcia, there's four, but it's still pour it's one, one out for Ender. Pour one out <laughs> for Ender. That's that's one of those. I wanted about to, Ender. I know. I, I wanted to bring him up uh, because as much as Braves fans will probably be like, oh, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, good riddance kind of deal to see him leave because things sputtered and really kind of fell apart towards this, um, you know, towards the the this end of his career with the Braves. Uh, I mean, Ender provided a, a lot of quality things in the past. Uh, and he, even at this time, like I thought it said so much that you only have three outfielders and <laughs> that, and yet you were willing to be like, still no, stay away. Nah. <laughs> well, and, you know, and we had talked about like, why did Ender make this team? Well, because of his contract. His contract didn't go away. Yeah. Like, like they, they literally like this is, they had reached the point of the injuries had become. And I, I think 
personally, I think the injuries are what made the his designation happen, being that they just couldn't put up with the all right, you're not playing well and you're constantly hurt all the time. No, we need guys who are healthy. We'll figure it out some other way. Um, but it is, it, it's like, it's sad to see him go. It is. Uh, there. By the way, there was a rumor that the, the Brewers were going to pick him up, but it looks like that is a false rumor that was started. Um, God knows how that happens. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it was pretty clear around like, 2019 I think that was to me where it became clear that like his defense especially was not the same that he wasn't he wasn't really the same athlete it felt like to me um and I know he was dealing with with some minor injuries and uh I also it's kind of funny because I have this like very vivid um picture in my mind from when we were down there at spring training in 2019 I was down there with Andy Bunker and Brian Jordan and we were walking somewhere and we were walking right by the batting cages and Ender was was in there and this is just very dumb but like I remember him looking like exasperated and like almost like like frightened like scared not that's not even the right way I don't know trying to think of like the word the word that like was the look on his face but it was almost like this is not going well yeah (laughs) like like he was like really struggling um and then he would go on to you know kind of have some of the the worst um years of his career from the from at, at the at bat as well so it's tough it was it was it was tough to see the decline because he's such a nice guy um that was always he was, a, he was a fan favorite you know for a while um i think tough. that yeah that's what always like you, you know back when it was you me and willie p and uh, we were doing the show you guys would give me such a hard time for how much that i loved ender Ciarte, but it was really like <clears throat> he was a guy in the locker room when I was first introduced to the Braves locker room and had that access just was always very welcoming, very friendly. Mm-hmm. And you just, you get attached to those sorts of things. And so that's what I think I tweeted out this week when, uh, when they designated Ender for assignment that I was like, wow, I really, I have two jerseys and one Jersey now <laughs> that have just become vintage after this and it was because like he was always a guy that um i like to root for no matter what the product was on the field it's just unfortunate that the product on the field became so bad that uh that they had to well i guess they didn't have to but they decided that this was in their best interest uh to make this move um and that's why there was just no use for him. Yeah. You know, it, and like, again, you just, it's so, it sounds so harsh to say it like that, but like, it's one thing if, if, if the bat goes away, it's one thing if like, you're still a really good defender or you're still really athletic or, even, you know, even if you can just run the bases or something, but like all of that had gone. And really, again, it's n- not to his fault necessarily. Like he had injuries that really slowed him down. You know, he had those hamstrings that kept popping up. Um, popping probably not the best word to use when talking about his hamstring there but uh yeah. anyway yeah it was just it's just unfortunate to see how it kind of unraveled i think i think it start, kind of started around 2019 it was just kind of a he could never kind of get back on track after that fully to to the player that he was since we are on a bit of a negative note talking about <laughs> oh, <God>. you know <laughs> so i just i want to slip this in because i want to go in a more positive route after okay. this i want to ask you though about someone and ask how long is he sticking around this team and if his worth is in what happens in the clubhouse, not on the field. Pablo Sandoval's hitting 183 oh, right yeah. now. Yeah. And uh, every time he steps up to the plate, 
Chip Carey gives some version of, well, yeah, looked great in April. And we're just now we're waiting for it. You know, we're waiting for that to come back around and him get back, you know, getting back to uh, the hitter that he was earlier in the season and that he proved to be last year for the Braves. And I keep going. I love Panda hugs. I love every bit of the charisma that he brings to this clubhouse, but he's not, he's not doing his job as a pinch hitter anymore. And so trade deadline move is, is that something that Alex Anthopoulos not trading him, but bringing in an actual pinch hitter or, you know, someone who's, who's going to be better at that. Or do you just kind of, leave it alone because of the intangibles that he brings. I don't know. I don't know what you do about this situation. I was like, actually, I was listening to the talking chop podcast and they were talking about like, can you just like throw him on the DL, like I'll throw him on like the 60 day. Yeah. <laughs> so, he can, so he can stick around the team, but, uh, but you can open up the roster spot. I mean, it's really bad. If you look at his last 47 plate appearances, which takes you back to a May 11th, he's hitting one Oh three and he has a mm. 358 OPS. So, and again, it's tough. Like It's tough because he's a pinch hitter. So it's not like yeah. these at-bats are coming in, you know, good chunks where he can kind of get himself in a rhythm. He hasn't had a non-pinch hit at-bat since, looks like, May 26th. So, well, but Joe, it's because nobody's going to want to see him in the field. I know, right, so, yeah, I like, know. It's, 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 it kinda, and so it kind of goes the same way with Ender, where it's like, if you can't do that one thing that was kind of like your bread and butter that, you, you know, if – for Ender, it was his fielding. For Pablo, it's been, you know, putting the bat on the ball. If you can't do that, not really good. The for hugs anything. are great. Yeah. You know, we that's love what I'm hugs, saying. But like, that's what, you know, I think that's what's so difficult is because, like, we saw, um, <laughs> we saw the mix it up get ruined by everything that went <laughs> yes. down with, yeah. with Ozuna. Let's just be honest. They had to start Put cooking it, something else. Yeah. They, they had to do something else move transition rebrand rebrand the team yeah, ex- exactly yeah but and, and it worked caught it on it was great um and then they've you know i guess as of the last few weeks uh heredia uh has kind of come with the the sword slash and you know even steven vogue when like pirate he, sword yeah when he first joined like they were doing that and so honestly it was when i saw the heredia thing and the more that i thought about it i was like are they are they preparing for another rebrand of <laughs> uh, we're not going to have panda hugs around too much longer? Cause just it's lay, just, just like, laying the groundwork for the next, for the next team celebration. Yeah. I mean, I mean, honestly, I, I kind of wonder because it, it, it is getting to a point where, especially if the Braves are going to continue to play in these one run two run games where you need a quality pinch hitter to come up late in the game it's bad when Max Freed is a better pinch hitter than your yeah. actual pinch hitter. Like <laughs> yeah. that's, that's yeah. not good. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, it was just, it was another reminder today of seeing Pablo get up there and uh, you know, not, not, not doing much with his opportunities. And just, that's why it made me, I was like, since we're, since we're talking about guys who, you know, have left and the possibility of guys leaving, I just wonder if you thought, uh, is he a um, is he a casualty that is soon approaching? I definitely, I, I think he could be for sure. Um, the one thing I will say though is that you know, Brian Snicker actually values what <laughs> the the kind of thing that Pablo brings 
um, yeah. to the dugout, to the clubhouse, you know, like that's, is something that Brian Snicker really does value. So while the value is not on the field whatsoever, and I'm sure a lot of the, uh, you know, the hardcore analysts, baseball people, um, like Alex Anthopoulos and his, his staff, they would probably very much disagree with Brian Snicker on this, but, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see who kind of has ultimate authority. Maybe, you know, Brian Snicker, the numbers are bad enough where it's like, you know, even, even Snit might be like, you know what, you have a calf injury. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just, it's so hard because you are, you're at a point where like, I mean, he does the intangibles matter. Like they mean something for a team that's not winning games. Like they're expected to, to have a, a rah, rah guy in the clubhouse, mm-hmm. a, a guy that when you do something on the field, like guys, Jock Peterson, was traded to Atlanta. He's loving it. And was like one of the first things he talked about <laughs> was the fact of he was excited to hit a home run so we could go get a pan hug. Like that yeah. that matters. That means something. It just it seems like unfortunately it's it's approached and it has probably gone beyond the point of something's got to happen here. Uh and you know, does it does it wait until Travis Darno is healthy? And then some sort of transition happens there. Does it happen before that? Uh, also, the fact is Travis Darno closer to being healthy. Yeah. Uh, what is, what is the latest kind of on what we know about him? I mean, he's traveled with the team on this on this road trip, so that's a good sign. He's been swinging, you know, doing workouts on the trip. They wanted him to travel so that he's kind of used to it and you know can kind of get with the program pretty quickly. I'm not sure exactly what his rehab stint is going to look like, but it sounds like he's going to um, start participating in some actual baseball stuff later this week. Um, he's been swinging with two hands, you know, all, all that. Everything's been going well, so. Knock on wood, but it sounds like he should be coming back relatively soon. I mean, I think they've just been saying August. That's kind of always been the timeline for him. Uh, but I tend to think it's going to be more early August, maybe like a maybe a week into August or something like that, a couple weeks from today. Okay. Um, that sounds like it could be feasible for me. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. And, you know, he will that will be that will be a big boost. If he can be anything like the guy that we saw last year, I mean, that that will be big. And he was hitting the ball pretty well, um, from what I recall, uh, before he went out with the injury. So, That'll be important. I'm kind of curious. I want to get your brain, pick your brain on one question real quick. This game is about to start too. So we'll have to wrap up. Yeah. Christian Pache, he's been hitting well in Gwinnett. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I just feel like every, every few nights I see a highlight of him hitting a double or a homer or something. Um, so like if he's hitting the ball, well, do you just call him? I would call him up soon. Like I would like have him up probably after the trade deadline. Once you kind of figure out what your roster situation looks like, but, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the plan is with him because I know that they were kind of worried about him kind of being so out of his depth at the major league level at the plate that it was actually hurting his confidence, which I think is true. And so I'm just kind of curious as to um, when they when they might think about bringing him back up. Because I definitely think it's got to be sometime this season, right? I, I mean, honestly, I I know that uh, I know there's a need for outfield depth, which is obviously why I was talking about you know potential move at the trade deadline. He's one that, honestly, I'm not touching until, you know, September call-ups, you know, until yeah, maybe September uh, ex- is yeah, ex- yeah. expanded rosters and yeah. we start to uh, get some of those younger guys coming up, then bring him back up. Because, like, my whole my whole thing with him is it, it, it was a big part confidence and then another part, it just seemed like he was not up to the speed of – you know, major league pitching, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, clearly definitely, definitely. Def- defensively had no issues, you know, 
Um, it just like the bat was a big enough issue that if he's hitting well in Gwinnett, let's let that confidence uh, continue yeah. to grow and wait. But honestly, on, on the flip side of that, that that is my opinion. Mm. However, if we were to see him get called up, um, I wouldn't be necessarily surprised and I wouldn't hate it because it's just like, all right, cool. You want to see what you got. Uh, but he yeah, he's one that I'm not touching until uh, after the trade deadline probably does depend on whether they actually bring in a, uh, an outfielder, you know, because yeah. right now it's like, you've got Jock Peterson in right field. We'll, we'll assume for now that he he's staying, that they're not going to like flip him again in the trade. So yeah, better not. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you got Jock and, uh, and Guillermo Heredia who's got, you know, center field locked down. So it's really just that left field spot. Um, and I'm sure if, if Pache came up, he would play center and they would move Heredia. But um, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting, but I've just been thinking about him lately because it seems like he's, good to see him getting getting his confidence back and starting to hit hit well in in Gwinnett so yeah that all goes well this game is now starting all right so we will wrap up uh obviously Bryce Wilson getting the start tonight in game two against the Mets as they finish out this what four game or is it is it actually five five games five games because of the five games because of the doubleheader today uh to make up for an earlier missed game uh, and then we are soon approaching the trade deadline. Uh, what next Sunday? It'll be two days after that they finish this series. So uh, yeah, yeah, next uh, Sunday, Saturday, Saturday, yeah, Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday. Yeah, um, whatever it is, uh, it's going to be another interesting time as a lot has to happen before um, you know before the season is really determined uh good to see freddie freeman hitting normally again out of the you know crazy 230s back into his uh normal statistics and hopefully we'll see that continue thanks everybody for watching on facebook live please go download the podcast we will uh we will podcast this and have it posted soon have a great rest of your monday this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.